Well, good morning from Northeast by Midwest. My name is Jonathan Jones. Praying you're having a great day. This should come out to you on Wednesday. And hope your week is going well and things are uh, falling in place for you. So this is installment number two on the journey to the cross. The journey to the cross. And so today I'd like to just take a look again at the picture painted for us in the Old Testament and into the New Testament, but mainly in the Old Testament, of the cross or what is going to happen on the cross. Now, we know Jesus already died in real time for us, but as the Bible, as you read it and you go back several thousand years, for those that were living it in real time, it was still yet future. And so I want to give us uh, just a few painted pictures in the Old Testament Uh, where we start to see the cross come into focus before, in real time, for those living it, it had even happened. So, for instance, in the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Genesis, we shared a little bit about this on Monday, but maybe you can start thinking of some pictures. There are many of them in the Old Testament. I'm just going to hit a few today, some broad brush strokes. You obviously, I don't think, can miss seeing the cross right there in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve sin and God clothes them and then gives us the prophecy that he will crush your, um, you will crush his head, but he will bruise your heel. And so that's a picture of the Messiah ultimately on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. Probably the most poignant picture we get though of, of the cross or at least the next two that come. And I think they really paint a vivid picture, is uh, actually not too far after that in Genesis chapter 6, when because of the sinfulness and the wickedness of humankind, um, God destroys the earth through a flood. And as he does, Noah, the preacher of righteousness, preaches, builds an ark for 120 years. And yes, there was a real global flood that came upon the earth. Well, how do you know that? Where did all the water go? Well, have you, have you and I ever seen the oceans? Have we seen the Great Lakes here in the States and all around the world? It's not rocket science, right? All that water that fell from the heavens and some of it came up from the earth, it came both directions, is many, much of it still here, you know, even in some of the glaciers that are still around. So uh, maybe an episode at a later time about that. But yes, there was a real flood. And the picture of the cross is when Jesus in the New Testament will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me or through me. And we see that the ark only had one door in and out. And God had to open and close it. Now, there was a window, and I'm sure there was some decks where they went outside and stuff like that. But there's only one door, and it saved those that went in. And so that becomes, it's a little more... ambiguous of a picture you have to know your bible i think i don't know that most of us when we first see the ark necessarily think of the cross but it's definitely there as a shadow the next one though is about as vivid as it gets in the old testament outside of um you know maybe yom kippur the day of atonement but this particular event i think is etched or should be etched in most of our minds. And so we meet uh, a man named Abram, who's later called Abraham, the father of many nations. And God asks him to take his son and sacrifice his son, 
which is a practice that many of the pagan nations did around. And so Abraham gets there and he gets to the point where he's ready to sacrifice his son, to kill his son. God has asked him to do this, to see how much he loves him. And as Abraham's about ready to go through the act, God says, okay, stop. Now I know. Now I know. So it was a test, right? And then these beautiful words come out. A ram was caught in a thicket and Abraham sacrificed the ram in place or instead of his son. And we come up with a, a, a name for God. This will happen a lot in the Old Testament when God does something special. Uh, a human will give God a name. And in this particular case, Abraham names the place Jehovah Jireh, uh, the place where the Lord will provide. And so you see just a vivid picture of the cross because of the language. If you go back to Genesis 22, 1 and 2, it will, God will say, I want you to take your son, your only son whom you love. Well, that sounds a lot like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you kind of start to see the, the cross just in vivid detail. In Genesis 22 I, I think we would almost have to be blind to miss it right <clears throat> and there's many other pictures in the Old Testament uh, you know through some of the heroes whether it might be you know David or Gideon or Samuel and the list goes on or Ruth or Rahab or whatever it might be Esther you know they all in a sense will will be types or pictures Moses uh, of Christ um, you know, there's no doubt about it. Joseph, I mean, I could go on and on and on. But as far as pictures of the cross, a journey to the cross, I think Genesis 22 stands in stark contrast, um, showing us what the cross is really about. And then if you go to the book of Leviticus, when you get to Yom Kippur and God starts unveiling all the things that were to happen in the temple and that they would have to slaughter a lamb and they would have to put their hands on a, on a, on a goat and send it out uh, away from the camp because it 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 had received as a picture all of their sins you know when you start to see that and you see Yom Kippur which means the day of atonement the day where they would you know it was a bloody day it was a horrible day um, I, I can only imagine where you had to bring your lamb in and you had to sacrifice it for your sins and you had to repeat this year after year after year and so as we come to the New Testament and we see things like John the Baptist who will cry out, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So there always had been many lambs sacrificed um, as, as a holding tank, if you will, where God said, Okay, I'm not going to judge sin. I'm going to accept this for now. But ultimately, the perfect Lamb of God who came and took away the sins of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's fully God and he's fully man. So he can not only die on behalf of men and women, but he can he can die for an infinite amount because he's God. And so, you know, we, we see those pictures painted in the Old Testament. And there's so many more. You know, I, I mean, I could go on and on and on today. But just to give us hopefully a little brush stroke that this is not a new thing in, in, in the New Testament. Yes, it's a new thing that Jesus died on the cross. Absolutely. But as far as the picture of salvation, it's painted all through the Old Testament. Um, it's literally on almost every page in every book, whether it's the fact of the wickedness of the nation of Israel or of other people and the things they did and just how, how hard our hearts can become without the grace and mercy of God. Or, or it's the fact that God time and again would come back and save his people. 
um, that God would be be called the Savior of His people. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, he we are told that He has inscribed them on His hands as a picture, ultimately, of what He's going to do through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter fifty-three, we see the suffering servant. You know, He was. Uh, he bore he bore our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And so, all around the New, the Old Testament, we see these these cameo pictures, if you will, of the cross. But we don't actually see it in full on view until the New Testament. <clears throat> and so maybe this was some of the reason why the Pharisees and Sadducees and even some of the disciples didn't get it. Whether it was the fact that, that God just didn't open their eyes to it, which I'm sure is part of it, or the fact that they just weren't able to put all of this together. Well, for us who have the closed canon of Scripture, the, the entire you know book the, of the Bible that God has given us, His revelation to us, we're able to look back and go, wow, you know, we can see these things in the Old Testament. I mean, yeah, hopefully you can hear it in my voice. It, it's exciting. And yet there's a somberness that goes with it because we recognize what happened on the cross. That, you know, as the Apostle Paul will tell us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so ultimately, in the Old Testament, whether it's pictured in the Garden of Eden uh, there uh, with Adam and Eve as God gives the first promise, or if it's, you know, as we see it pictured there in the ark with Noah, the one door, uh, that Jesus, the one way for us to be saved through his cross, through his death, which satisfies the wrath of God against sin, or whether it's, you know, Abraham in Genesis 22, or the myriad of people, um, you know, in the Old Testament. I didn't even really touch on Moses as he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt in the same way that Jesus brings us out of slavery to sin, right? And, and we become slaves to righteousness. Uh, all of those things, friends, you know, you think about that. What, what beautiful pictures. And then Paul, the Apostle Paul, picks up on all of this, as I just said, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, where he says, He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. The great exchange, me, the sinner, is imputed or given righteousness from Christ, the one who is righteous, and, and he, the righteous one, takes on and pays for my sin. Incredible, you know, incredible what the cross of Christ does for us. And so I hope that encouraged you this Wednesday. Uh, as we know, it is hump day. It's always kind of a hard day for a lot of people. It's midway through the week. I pray it encourages you to look to the cross on this journey to the cross and to recognize it not just in the New Testament, but in the cameo appearances in the Old Testament, where we see Christ many times in a shadow, but ultimately he will fulfill all of that on the cross in his death, his burial, his resurrection, and one day his return. For Northeast by Midwest, I'm Jonathan Jones. Have a great day.